Kia ora, my name is Nathan Tare. Um, I have put this installation in the steel well at Pyramid Club and it's called Stick, Stone and Bone. And the idea is that it was kind of um, using things that I found or foraged on the beach. Um, so lots of driftwood and lots of bones. Um, mostly sheep um, and cow bones, which I guess makes sense for the area um, that I found a lot of them is a lot of farming. And we have a, a, a seal skull, which is pretty special, and um, that was found at my friend's place um, out at Flat Point. There's a boar um, jaw, and uh, just some really interesting sort of bits of um, spine. <laughs> There's a tusk, yeah, uh, and a sheep skull, and stones that have basically just been treated by the ocean, cleaned, and um, you know, kind of preserved really beautifully, so I haven't had really to do much to anything in terms of cleaning it. Um, and I've just brought wood um, and the bones and the stones together and kind of blurred all the lines between the different, um, the different things I've found with paint and um, wool and leather thonging. Um, it's got a few different names, but rue thonging or leather thonging and it's um, thin uh, sheets of leather that's cut into kind of like a, a ribbon and you can use it to tie things together and just the natural qualities of the leather is, is pretty awesome it kind of holds itself together and kind of yeah I've tried to create these little pieces that are kind of resemble some kind of creature or you know your mind can kind of um, figure it out itself and see what you like to see um, and the colouring of it all is quite an important part of it. Um, the red, white and black are representative of the Māori flag. And there's bits of, of um, each, each found object that are just in its natural state. Yeah, it's, it's weird with the beach thing. Like there's particular spots that, that certain things come that wash up. And then I don't find those kinds of things anywhere else. So there's a few beaches that I, I go to <laughs> to find find what I need. So this is just the chime I um, produced for a Pyramid Club event um, last year for Matariki and I've just repurposed the materials and it was just uh, bamboo sticks really and it was hanging in a tree and was wind powered but tonight it's just in the stairwell. I'm from Ngāti Rangi Kireporua, from the Tairawhiti Ngāti Pro Ngāti Wepohatu. Kia ora, my name is Te Kahurere Moa, Taumata, and I'm from Ngāti Kahunganu and Ngāti Tuwharetoa. We're the local Puoro witches, that's how we refer to ourselves. Um, as you can see, a lot of our taonga we just found at the beach. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of cool, like this is our vibe, is we like to... Um, go around with our, like, turn up at these with all our flashmates and then have all of our scavenged bones here. And uh, just to show you that you don't need artisan-made tonga puro. <laughs> Heaps of us just started with a pen lid kōwo and yeah, then yeah. someone felt sorry for us at a wānanga and that was our win. <laughs> go on, I mean, you know you're a puro player if you've gone and swung a ruler around at school <laughs> once or twice. I think our favourite thing to do is bring the stories of Kōro yes. to life. Whenever we like find the time or people give us the time, we want to tell the stories that are associated with the atua that we play and that we um, commune with when we play Pūoro. Mm. Um, yeah, so the Thursday night session was really cool. It was like um, just, you know, not a lot of people get to chill out and listen to a story yeah. and like actually be immersed in a story. So. Yeah, we love doing that for people, creating a space for them to relax and listen and learn something new, hopefully. I te tīmatatanga, ko te pū, ko te mōre, ko te weu, ko te aka, ko te rea, te kukuni, te waunui, te kore, te pō. In the beginning, there was darkness. And in that darkness, there were two beings locked in a tight embrace. 
Ranginui, the Sky Father, Papachua Nuku, the Earth Mother, and together they rode about the night, the everlasting night. In between them, in the tiny cramped space between them, existed all of their children, heaps and heaps and heaps of children. And I also don't want to hear any of that shit that all of their children were male. Boring. If we're talking about Atua, gender doesn't even come into it. Okay, so. <clears throat> that was my soapbox moment. Get back into the story, Nanny. Okay. Were there storytellers in your life that inspired you to kind of go that direction? Yeah, 100%. Hidden in Melbourne, obviously, is a big one for us, all of us. Because yeah. um, he wasn't, aside from being part of the, well, one of the drivers for the revitalization of Taungapuro, he was also an amazing songwriter and storyteller. And in a lot of ways, we follow in his footsteps. There's a few others as well, like um, Katerina Mataida, Te Hei yeah. Mataida. She wrote a lot of the stories that we like have in our hearts and mm. that we can draw from to find inspiration. Mm. And um, Robin Kahukiwa as well. Her portraits and her imagery meant that we always had a sense of who we were um, and how that was like portrayed to the outer world. Yeah, and I think the thing with Robin Kahukiwa as well is that she was kind of at the forefront of bringing back a lot of our uh, Atua Wahine, our female goddesses, who in the world of Taungapuro exist so heavily amongst all of the instruments. They're su such a huge part of this art form. And I think, yeah, Robin Kahukiwa is, has been really good for empowering Wahine Māori to, like, reclaim that, which means there's real beautiful um, knowledge there for wahine Māori that come to Taungapuro, I'm a practitioner, that's how I see myself as I'm just in the daily practice of playing pūro um, and the practice of taonga pūro, I feel like I have tools for everything in my life, um, ceremony, fun, <laughs> uh, to play, accompany when I, me when I play music, to express when I feel really sad um, and I think this art form gives me all of those things to help me. Uh, yeah, they're just tools for my everyday life. And then they're musical instruments and sound dope when you play them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think as the person who finds it super difficult to like meditate and to like do things like yoga and breathe, I think Puoro have reconnected me to my breath mm. and to really understanding how my breath moves through my body. Um, and it gives 
like a tangible presence to your breath you know you can really feel it when it resonates in a puro and that like helps me to I think reconnect and stay grounded and yeah I really love that as a practice as a practitioner I dream of a healthy ecosystem I think of just a lot of te ao Māori or just the world as a human having a healthy ecosystem and I think Taonga Puro is a part of that it gives us this time and space to commune to come back to our breaths but if you go deeper it's a connection to our gods which is the natural world and I don't know to be sit in connection with the natural world on a level that deep where they're your gods and you worship them I think there's like that can only be good for the planet <laughs> so yeah when I think of a healthy ecosystem of Taonga Puoro where people play and it's normal and natural to just hear people communing um, yeah that's a beautiful future I think mm. I really hope that more of this happens mm. more of our peepee come through and um, have the opportunity to shine in this space mm. especially in the music industry like I think Taonga Puoro has such a um, natural inclination to like be open to anyone you can pick up some stones and that's you playing Puoro you know and I want that for they agree with me <laughs> I want that for everybody I want that for all our babies so that spark of creativity in each person um, you know can only grow good things from there so yeah everybody play a stone play a bone that's my say <laughs> Humor plays a really big role in your guys' music. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, um, how yeah. does that happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just eat seriously. Yeah, we just love to um, be human and like celebrate the things we love and cry about the things we don't love. So, like that just permeates through everything we do. Yeah, I think it's also just. Um, it, it started to become more of a conscious decision to bring that forward when we kind of realised how interested and like just how much it like, especially in Taonga Puoro spaces, lots of, lots of different spaces, but how we kind of pop a bubble by using humour and it gives people a moment to breathe and kind of relax. And I think that alongside Puoro kind of, smashes uh, some preconceived notions that people might have about you as a Tonga portal player that you're this ethereal <laughs> goddess, ever sacred lady or ever sacred uncle um, yeah, to just yeah, show you a bit more nuance <laughs> and then it just yeah, so we leaned all the way into being chaotic and funny and all of these other beautiful wahine Māori traits Oh, happy days. Yeah. 
pots are clean in the pot. Hit the spot. Yeah. Uh, holla at me when you got your water clean in the pot. Hit the spot. One cup of flour in a bowl. Add a pinch of salt. There you go. Just a splash of the milk. Not too much, babe. Whip it with a fork. Don't eat dry with it. Put it in a pot. Let the heat get in it. That's how you make a dough boy on the go. Hey ho. Yeah, you're welcome. Pork bones, puha. Pork bones, puha. Pork bones, puha. Pork bones, puha. Thank you guys, thanks for taking that hectic journey with us. We got there in the end. When we, but I, okay, just let me say it. When we smash it, we fucking smash it. Smash it. it. We've done it in front of Choi King and it was me. <laughs> we spent. Um, this is Johnny Marks and I'm Alistair Fraser and we're gonna keep going to keep closing And uh, the partial eclipse is starting around about now. It's going to be peaking at about 10.
between everything that you see here, a, a group of components that form functions, and, and, and it's basically a conversation uh, that's happening live. So the thing that we bring here that's slightly different, slightly special, is the element of uh, non-human consciousness being uh, the kawakawa, our plant here. So the plant is actually controlling many aspects of our sound and it's an interaction that we have uh, with the plant. The plant actually responds to our own energy, to the sound, to proximity, um, to touch. So it's very, it's literally organic and it's, um, it's interesting because it, it brings an element of random because we never really know how it's going to perform. But uh, yeah, very interesting. A, co a collaboration of sorts. So we, we, we bring the forest. So yeah, thank you.
already lost stats, alright? I already lost stats about moths. And um, the latest one I read about Pulidi is that they live for seven years as a caterpillar in a tree in a pupa state. And then uh, they're a moth for two days. So this one's called Seven Years in Two Days. <laughs> Um, it's Ricky Pirihi here. Um, I fuck uh, up back to Ngati Mahanga Haurua on my granddad's side and Ngati Wai me Patuharakeke on my grandmother's side and that's on my father's side. Um, and also on my mother's side we fuck up back to the UK and to Portugal so we've got a bit of a mix. Um, today we're um, up at Fortuna Chapel to do a conduction with a 15-person ensemble of Tongapuro players. Conduction is um, basically it's uh, it's a kind of a, an extended technique of conducting, where it sort of uses uh, you use a series of hand gestures and uh, directives. They're called directives to kind of um, they symbolise musical notation. So conduction's kind of the I guess it kind of intersects total improvisation and scored music, composed music sort of run between those two two worlds so essentially for conduction to kind of really work the music it involves the conductor and the musicians and the musicians are really responsible for the the sound the sound world and the the conductor if they're doing their job properly is to be responsible for the structure so it's kind of like helping to put a framework around everything conduction it's a, um, I guess it's an American art form developed by Butch Morris. It's a, you know, it's extended from conducting. They're still quite sort of urological kind of devices in a way. So a lot of the things that I've brought in today, I've tried to, I guess, my goal is to kind of indigenize some of those techniques. So I've got one called, um, which is normally like Butch has a, a gesture called sustain, which is obvious, it's just play a long note. But, um, 
I've been working around with that concept, and it's called a pukare, and that's like has a quite a few meanings in terms of um, you know like um, it can be a long note, but it's also the um, imagining a longer period of time. So it's kind of going down this whole thing. It's just made me rethink what time is and everything. It's like deconstructing or yeah just getting rid of that so yeah sustain we've got other things like um uh tito ohia which is like to bring in a bring in a foreign element into the sound world um the equivalent of that kind of is called pedestrian and butcher's language um which is to introduce a new idea it also means to improvise as well you also got um natahi which means to everyone plays together so it's like all as one kind of thing um and it can be like unison as well. Um, and tarua is to is to pair up with something. So it's that idea of like, oh, it could be you know, might instruct two players to tarua, and that would be that they play together. So it's either as a, in some kind of duality or two separate entities playing in parallel or whatever that kind of looks like. I've kept it down to about. Um, seven or eight gestures today and that's plenty to work with you know I find that just rehearsing just with our voices is a really good way to kind of internalize some of the gestures it's quite easy to forget them maybe even I forget them <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> but uh, yeah it's cool I mean, I've only really done, um, in terms of working with ensembles, I've done like four conductions in my life, you know, like, so it's not a lot. I'm still like a, a total baby, brand new baby born into the world of it, you know. But what I've noticed from today is, I mean, because when I was like putting together a lot of these ideas for, okay, what am I going to use for this performance, you know, I kind of already thought about the instruments themselves and went well you know nothing's really at a tempered pitch nothing it's a whole lot of these kind of um, utilities that we have in the I guess sort of western um, composition construct don't, aren't needed it's not like I don't really need to don't really need to have a gesture for like player you know like a like a minus six because your probably instrument doesn't do that you know so it's just eliminating all those kind of things and being left with what the, the kind of the the tonga kind of determine what what what's required from my end really so just try and make it so um you know like there's a gesture for in conduction for going up an octave you know I would sort of don't really need it here because some instruments can't get up up an octave you know mm. that concept doesn't exist so it's reimagining all of that stuff you know like an octave what is that oh, okay that's going up and down an octave, what does that mean in a te ao Māori sense? Mm. You know, so it's finding all these other other meanings. It's just kind of provocations for musicians to think about too. That's kind of the big thing about it. The, the, the long-term plan is to kind of create a vocabulary of different, a gestural language that 
is really kind of um, sort of belongs in that kind of te ao Māori sense, you know, in that world. Um, that's the plan. I mean, I sort of look at what Butch Morris has done in creating his that kind of lexicon of ideas, and which is quite quite deep and immense, and going, well, that's sort of my life purpose now is to create something similar to that, but a whole other kind of version of the conduction. And it's really cool because a lot of things that Butch has written about goes, please, whoever's out there, you know, take this and make your own thing out of it. Just wanted to kind of keep, you know, that kind of what was the sort of first thing that inspired me to think, oh, I wonder what I could do that's sort of um, different. You know? it too is just really want to get other people to just put it into part of their practice too so they can use it or um, like the baton that I've got is called a tira it's just an albatross wing bone and that Alistair made and um, it's kind of a cool starting point you kind of go oh, this, is just, this is my puro and like and it could be yours you know you can use it and here's a few this is how you play it you know like and it's sort of um, it's quite cool that's how I sort of think of it I'm always kind of keen for others to jump in there and develop their own, sort of teach them a few things, and they can sort of add to it too. You know, it's the kind of cool thing about it. It's not, it's not like this sort of um, dogma that you know everyone's got to stick by. It's like you can sort of make with it what you want. You know, I know Butch Morris used to like to be different musicians that would come and play with him, and he'd have certain directives for the, just them. You know because you knew they did certain things so I mean, oh, okay do this do your thing so yeah it'd be cool just to kind of keep um, if people are keen just to kind of keep keep working on it you know I'm just kind of curious keen to kind of just keep exploring and I don't know just see where we end up <laughs> yeah. mm. Um, from Brooklyn, we have Pia Tanian, who's a Taonga Puro prodigy. No, this is my daughter, Ta- um, Pieta, and she's nine and she's going to conduct us. Hi, my name's Pia Tanian. I am from Ngāti Kauhunganu and Ngāti Tūwhanetua. Um, I like Tangapuro because the noise, well, the sound of Tangapuro really calms me down sometimes. Mm. And, well, from the start, I've lived in a household of Tangapuro for my whole life. And, yeah, I just really like um, how Tangapuro um, shows off to... Um, the people of Whakapapa. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. How, how long have you been playing? 
Nine years. <laughs> and how old are you? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> you just so, found out today that you were performing, eh? Yeah. And then <laughs> you ended up conducting. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking if it was too long, too short, if I should change or not. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you were very present, though, then, if you were thinking of all of those things, it meant that you were being present in the music. Mm. Mm. Felt very safe in your conducting, too. It, it really you felt like you were listening to what we mm. were doing and you were really responding to the way the room was receiving it as well. Mm -hmm. It was cool to be under your conduction. Mm. Loved it. <laughs> Would you like to do more of that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to support our Kaupapa this afternoon. How awesome is it to see our Kuoro community growing? Growing. <laughs> <laughs> and just know that if you have, like if something has sparked in you today and that you feel a calling to anything that you heard, stones, bones or otherwise, <laughs> no mind. This is us, these are the people who are looking to take this kind of kaupapa into the world and into the future. We want for all of our puoro to be accessible. So no mai taiti mai tewi. Thank you so much for coming. Webster from Tainui Waka, uh, from Tafana Uirata, and uh, from Kafia, and the turners from uh, Purikiriki Marae, which is in uh, Pirongia. Uh, back in the day, I think it was uh, Hui uh, with Herini and uh, Brian and Richard and Langinui Kev and a, a cluster of Tongapu players back in the 90s. Just heard the little snippet of a conversation about um, Tongapuru being utilised in the performance of karitao. And what's a karitao, you may ask? It's um, a form of a Māori puppet. There's, there wasn't a lot of information available um, for karitao, and there was a lot of kōrero around them being utilised for, um, you know, being used by tōhunga as such for, um, well, mākutu on one hand, uh, for um, rongoa on the other hand. Yeah, midwives and stuff used to utilise them as a third party to console with a woman who had lost children. And yeah, there's a whole lot of kōrero to do with um, the house of midwifery or the te whare puhi, which is amazing, which I won't go into now, but um, yeah, there's a lot of kōrero around that. So yeah, we had a form of puppetry and um, I thought, well, how would that look and how would that sound? So back in uh, 2008, I applied for an artist residency at um, Fitianga, um School 
Uh, Mufu Bay Area School and got a residency mm. there and my co-papa was to build a series of Tonga Pūoro. Well, I call them oh, Karitao Pūoro. And um, so they were a blend of Karitao and Tonga Pūoro. And because the Tonga Pūoro have uh, characters and have Atuatanga and um, connected to them, I just thought, well, I could transform those into puppets and and they have a voice. And so... The first two puppets I made were, I thought, oh, well, I'll start with Rangi Nui and Papa Tuanuku. Yeah, this is um, based on the classical form of karitao, and um, which had little strings on the back. Um, the arms were sort of uh, detached and reattached with these strings, hence um, their movement, and just basically a handle uh, that one uses to hold and to manipulate the, the um, karitao whilst telling your story or doing your karakia or however it is that you'd uh, want to utilize these um, karitao. So I thought by creating these two, it could um, give me a sense of uh, study and understanding the karitao in this sort of um, classical form. And then from that I started developing uh, the rest of the, the, kare, the whanau karitao that I have. We have um, big fella. He's a karitao and he's on, on a stick and a staff and this was inspired by a piece that I've seen down in um, Te Papa, Te Papa Tongarewa and uh, Shane James was sort of showing me through the collection and showed me a small uh, togo togo and on the top of the togo togo it had a little karitao so you could just visualize this um, toko toko being used to in whaikōrero, maybe being held up to the head so the karitao could, you know, whisper in the kaikōrero's ear. And we had another little kaitiaki on the end of this um, toko toko. So he has arms as well. He has a musical voice uh, with this um, rōria. Created a kuwawo. So that here is um, Tane Mahuta. The next one I have is um, um, Hinepūtehue. This one is uh, a ra-a-ra-ra. Um, as you can see, it has a little base here we call a pai-pai. Um, when you grow hue, um, they used to make these little harakeke bands, um, little circles that they used to put underneath the uh, hue to keep them off the ground and to allow air to circulate and around them. And um, so when thinking about how to create a handle for Hinepūtehue, I, um, I utilised this concept of the paipai because um, Hinepūtehue is uh, more about um, uh, nurturing and the voice of uh, rangimārie and humārie. So more of a gentle way of holding Hinepūtehue as opposed to that, um, the other way of grasping onto the handle. With a lot of the kōrero that comes with these, I've uh, utilised, you know, kōrero about the kaperua or the seed pod pattern, moon cycle patterns, um, and the kowai, and whatnot relative to um, hinepūtehue, and the maramataka, growing your plants by the, by the moon cycles, and particular times of the season. So whilst utilising these as uh, karitao for performance and storytelling, uh, we can yeah, talk about uh, the relative environment that they occupy. And so, yeah, this is um, Hinepūtehue. So last and not least, the uh, collection that I have here is um, Hineraukatauri, made in the form of a putorino. Um, it's got this curve in it because I was inspired by the one that inspired 
heading in Melbourne to write that song, Tapupu Torino, the one that's um, in the Auckland Museum. And um, it's sort of about, well, it's about this long, maybe a little bit longer, um, maybe 600 mils, 700 mils. Um, it's quite a big one, but it does have this sort of curvature in it. And um, yeah, so this Hinyaroka Tauri, and these manai here just represent the whakapapa giving birth to her children. Yeah, and the inspiration for all that too is getting back to my story about contributing to um, uh, Taonga Pūro was just finding another way to tell the stories of Taonga Pūro and uh, I felt that, found that karetau was quite a good uh, visual way to do that. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 Tehui Pu or